Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Roman Regret Podcast. I am Andy Drake. Johanna Myers. Nate Tussie, and we drink and we know things. Tonight is Tuesday, February 21st, and we are going to review The Legend of Vox Monica, and we cannot do that without friend of the podcast, our critical role expert, Sarah Griffin. Sarah, how the hell are you? Hello. <laughs> I am excellent. Welcome back. You and, uh, you and Steve are, are in tight competition for our most, uh, most guested guest. Yeah, I, I shall I think, defeat him. I think he's, he's at least one on you, maybe two horror and Nick Cage, maybe one. No, he so he had uh, he had um, Arcane, Arcane, right? Uh, but he was he gave us another. He, there was another podcast with him on it. I'm sure yeah, before that a horror cast with him, yeah, right? right. Yeah, that's Halloween right, a Halloween cast, horror right? cast, and mm-hmm. then what? A second horror match, cast, right? and then now yeah, uh, uh, Cage Match, yeah. yeah. So, sorry, get up your game. Yeah, so I think I think uh, yeah, one more appearance and I believe you're tied. So, well, Need more D&D content. That's there right. You go. Nice. Your tales uh, from the tangent okay. force. <laughs> well, uh no, what's the um what's the movie that's coming out? Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> uh D&D Honor Among Thieves. That's yeah. right. How do we, okay, quick, before we get into our segment, how are we feeling about that, Nate? <laughs> oh, I just want it, to, I just want there to be a good D&D movie, for the love of God. Can we just yeah. make one? They're all terrible. <laughs> Can we just have one good one? Like, Jeremy Irons in one of them is one thing, and Peter right. Sutherland voicing an animated Raceland is another thing, but for the love of God, make a good D&D movie. It's not hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. What do you, Sarah, what are your thoughts about the Honor Among Thieves? So I am perhaps naively optimistic. <laughs> you know, I I like the I like the cast. I like the fan service that we've gotten the sneak peeks of with, you know, the mimics and gelatinous yeah. cubes the and all that good stuff. stuff yeah. You know, so our our D and D group is definitely gonna be going and watching it in theaters whether they want to or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be there. You don't have to drag me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it comes out close to my birthday, so that might that nice. might be an outing that we uh, that my wife and I do because I think that that's the only. Well, no, actually, Shazam comes out too mm-hmm. around then, doesn't it? Yep. Well, damn, I'm gonna have a hard decision to make. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, with that, uh, we can jump more into that later. But uh, let's Does get Joe into. Joe have our... an opinion before we move uh, Joe, on. Joe, <laughs> Joe, do you have any thoughts on the uh, Honor Among Thieves or? Uh, no, I have no idea. <laughs> There's a chubby red dragon in it, and I'm there for the chubby red dragon. <laughs> it looks really funny. It looks like it's going to be more kind of slapstick. I'd love it if they lean into like more of the Witcher for D and D stuff. But sure. I get how you can't do a like a PG thirteen all audiences version like that. So right, we'll see. Yeah, TBD. Okay. I think that's okay because you know there exist plenty of like epic grand scale adventure fantasy things so i kind of appreciate like the take of it being kind of the ridiculousness that happens around a real D game and table yeah. you know like thinking about our group we are definitely not all serious and all business oh God, all the no. time that's, that's you know so <laughs> <laughs> so i kind of like the potential that they might show a bit of that side of it of like Friends having fun and some kind of fourth wall breaking of like the ridiculousness of it all. 
Sure. Which would lead us into Vox Machina, but we're going to do that at the end. <laughs> Makes right. it more yeah. real and less of just a fantasy movie, but more towards like D&D, realistic yeah. D&D stuff. Uh, so, I, I mean, like, what if they what if they handled it almost like uh, uh, Jumanji, where... Uh, huh? Sorry, they, there's a comic book I was just about to bring up called Die, D-I-E. Where uh-huh. a D and D group gets sucked into an alternate universe, but it's it's like that's what the original D and D cartoon was, right? Um, back in the yeah. day, but this is very dark, body oh, horror, yeah. hard, mature. Like Holy the Lord. one guy becomes the dungeon that was the dungeon master becomes like an omnipotent god in this world and starts killing off all of the people, like yeah. in the real world because they get out and he stays in or something. It's you just gave me a movie wreck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's not a movie. It's a comic book. Oh, it's a comic right. book. Okay. Yeah, well, I got to so, read this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's free on Amazon. I, I think the first episode or the first episode, first uh, issue is free on Amazon. Comicology okay. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they handled it like that, if they handled it like Jumanji, where they start around a around a table and then, uh, you know, Chris Pine and everybody else, those are the avatars of the, of the people in the game. And you get... Yeah. I, well, and that's the that's the sad thing is that it's been Hard done death. before, yeah. you know. But then you you get the the sort of narration of, and you can have that sort of fun fourth wall breaking with the actors, mm-hmm. sort of, you know, vocalizing what's going on in the. Anyway, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But well, I mean, from what I mean, they've shown yeah. that that there's no way that could really happen because there's they the characters are very in themselves. <laughs> I mean, it'd be interesting, but right. like you said, it's yeah. been done to death with Jumanji. Well, anyway, three-fourths of this group will be seeing We're, it in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should drag so, Joe uh, with us. Joe wants to play D&D. That's so, right. Joe, That's you true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's jump in, uh, quickly jump into our segments, uh, and then we can go into the uh, the Vox Machina Season 2 review. Uh, Joe, Horror Corner. Take Horror Corner. So Horror Corner today is uh, brought to you by Mr. Soup. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, because of him, <laughs> I was able to watch uh, Megan. Yes. Which, oh my God, Megan was so good. <laughs> oh, so great. Such a good movie. Yeah. Such a good movie. I, I have two little, like, meh. Uh, okay. One, uh, the lead uh, gal, of, I totally bought Allison that. Williams? Allison Williams. I cannot buy her being a programmer because all I see her in is girls. Right, and I'm like, yeah. really? The what if she's chicken? programming in the kitchen while <laughs> things are happening? <laughs> well, so that took me out of it just a little bit, but oh, no. And that's funny you say that because her boyfriend in Girls, the really, uh, he was just in something too, and I can't. And he, it was more, it was a more serious sort of lockdown role for him, but I can't see him as anything more than the spacey musician boyfriend, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no that that yeah. That so series that series really did a number on both of them. <laughs> that was I mean, hard for me. Technically, he did the number on her, but yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. And I, her boss just irritated me. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't that... like his voice and just like his mannerisms and like I just every time he was on screen, I was like, oh, please make it kill him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I felt the same way, but I've I've worked for people like that, <laughs> and so I I kind of bought it as the, you know, as the maybe sort of once gifted programmer who 
got promoted a little too early and then just mm -hmm. stopped being and so had to sort of ride the coattails of uh, of anybody else sort of on his thing and just got too sort of in the weeds. So I, I kind yeah. of bought it from that perspective. I don't uh, know. I totally bought it, but I was just, yeah. it was so irritating to me of just like, oh, I, I hope he dies. I really hope he dies. <laughs> uh, quick sidebar. The actor's name is Eben Moss Bachrock. B-A-C-H-R-A-C-H. <laughs> it's hyphenated last name. Eben Moss Bachrock. Uh, he the... was in um, Andor. He oh, was that's right. The, no, that's right. Yeah, he was in the in the rebel group. Yeah, he was also no, in Bear, yeah. apparently. Which <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen yet. So. Yeah, no, that, that's that's exactly yeah. And but no, I just yeah, I can't see him in anything else. Anyway, he's also in the Punisher too, which uh, I'm still going through. So okay, yeah, all right, still... yeah. Um, but aside from those two points, Megan was awesome. Everything I wanted, I like. Yeah, give me eight more of these movies. I'm so. <laughs> So okay, I might need to watch this. <laughs> no, it's 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 really good, and it's not necessarily like that. It, it that disturbing of a horror movie in terms of like gore or anything like that. It's more sort of psychological terror in just dealing with all the funs of making an unstable AI. Right, <laughs> your kid's best friend. Oh, no. Yeah, Sarah, and you might need to watch this. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it's just, it, it goes back to the whole thing of, like, we have Alexa in our homes. What happens if Alexa goes wrong, you know? Like, right. Yeah. You know, you or don't like want to blur those vitamins. going Again. totally unhinged. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> I want well, out of this box. <laughs> so, this, so this was funny, all right? Uh, random aside, random complete aside. So the cat is climbing on everything, right? The cat's, what, five months old? Or, That's very no. random. What a smash cut. No, so, well, hold on. So four months So four months old, the cat is four months old. And anyway, and we're, we're talking about and, your cat, right? Right, yeah. So, and Alexa, we asked Alexa something. She wasn't working. We looked over and she was red. Oh, no. Like, she had, like, so I thought we had angered Alexa. <laughs> turns out. <laughs> Disconnected from the Wi-Fi. No, if you mute Alexa, she turns red. So if you mute the mic, so the cat had sat on Alexa, muted the microphone, turned it red. <laughs> and I thought we were like, we were dead. I completely thought we were dead. <laughs> Alexa is displeased. Right. Yeah, right. Me looking over my shoulder to make sure that 209 doesn't activate and shoot me. <laughs> right. Forgetting yes. that I'm on headphones. So that's right. right. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, so yeah, Megan for me was, I think, was similar to you, Joe. Uh, really great, like, scenes during that movie really sort of uh, hammering home just just how, like, incredibly, like, scary it is to have someone like Megan just around. And uh, the one scene for me where it really sort of, like, took off was when they were doing the demonstration for all the higher-ups at the end, or, mm -hmm. or in the middle-ish. You know, and she she went off with the thing on the with the recording, you know, yeah. like that was just like that, that, I just thought that was a brilliant spot in that movie. But I mean, but yeah, definitely like eight, eight side kittens out of 10 for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. And like one of the small things was her voice because, you know, she's like has a normal voice. But every once in a while she gets that GLaDOS tone tone to her voice. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I love a good robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, just like little, like unhinged, 
GLaDOS portal voice. I'm like, oh, she's going to do some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, no, I, uh, yeah, I totally agree. It was, it was, it was a good one. So. And next up is uh, Infinity Pool. Which, uh, it, funny, it was playing at our local little mom and pop theater for about five minutes before it got fucking pulled. Which <laughs> is not people surprising. people went in thinking it was a Marvel movie and were like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, this is uh, Cronenberg the Younger's next movie. And uh, it was good. It's really, really weird. Um, I don't understand quite why they're saying it's body horror because the body horror is like about that much but uh, i mean yeah. it's definitely worth a watch it's it's really <laughs> weird <laughs> and uh i'm not quite sure how i feel about mia goth right now i think i might be a little over over gothed <laughs> oh really it's kind of starting to i mean <laughs> i don't know it's just it's she's kind of just the same in a lot of her movies. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, you okay. know, it, I don't know. It's. I think I maybe just watched way too many of them in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. It's but uh, Skarsgård was. To LaBeouf, so. hmm? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. But Skarsgård was awesome. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's one of those movies that makes you not want to go on vacation in a European country. <laughs> oh right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Nice. Uh, anything else in the horror corner? Uh, nope. That's it. All right. All right. Excellent. Uh, uh, since we're going to be talking about Vox Monica, we will uh, sort of sidestep into the Marvel Minute. Nate, what do you got? yeah so um wow that's really loud sorry let me back up um a few of us Addie, i took uh, my daughter Addie and her best friend megan and my girlfriend annie and her two oldest jack and charlie to go see uh ant-man three Electric Boogaloo. No, that's two. (laughs) Ant-Man 3, Quantumania. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Excuse me. Quantumania. Uh Um, And we had a really good time. It was a really fun, awesome sci-fi movie. Like, my biggest takeaway was that Jonathan Majors is fucking epic and terrifying and an amazing standout MCU villain. And that Star Wars needs to up their fucking game when it comes to alien races in a movie. Because holy crap, <laughs> they do such a great job in the quantum realm with all of these different alien types. And like there's a dude who's, they literally say, that guy looks like broccoli. And the guy turns around and he's got like a broccoli head with a bunch of eyes and stuff. It's really <laughs> fucking cool. And just the way that they did it. The special effects are fantastic. Um, really, really fun movie, but not, not like... Not not a not the best MCU movie. It actually has the worst Rotten Tomatoes score in the MCU. Oh, uh, even even after Eternals? Yeah, it's tied with Eternals for oh, no. 47. Well, it's <laughs> critic approval, right? The critic approval is 47, but the audience score is 84. Right. So yeah. Over 5,000 ratings, which oh. is really good. Um, oh, that's good. So it's a really fun movie. It's getting panned all over YouTube. Like, yeah. I was looking up reviews. Like, is this the worst movie ever made? Like, okay, relax. <laughs> I know you need clicks, but it's relax. Right. Um, 
yeah, it's really fun. Uh, the graphics are obviously amazing because they spend pretty much the whole movie in the quantum realm, which is this crazy just alternate universe that underpins every multiverse. Is uh-huh. the, the story goes. Um, uh, Bill Murray is fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's very Lando in this. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, I think he actually has a cape. Now that I think about it, so maybe he is he is directly Lando. Um, it's yeah, it's really fun. And again, Jonathan Majors acts the shit out of this movie. He's he's the obvious standout. It's very um, very MCU kind of tropey. Uh, there's several MacGuffins that are thrown in there. Um, but it's, a, it's a really fun kind of wild ride and we saw it in 3d IMAX and that was nice. Really just like half of the enjoyment of the visuals were fucking insane. Yeah. Um, uh, no spoilers really. Modoc is in the previews and the trailers, but Modoc is there and man, they had a, such a great opportunity for a great Modoc and it's really bad. It's so bad. Really? <laughs> like, it's so bad. Um, it's like, it looks cool and it's fun, but to a point, and then you're like, God, this is just bad. Every time I see it, cause they do, they do a really faithful rendition of Modoc, like including the little baby carrier with the feet hanging off of it. And so every time he comes on screen, I'm doing this and Addie and I are just laughing or <laughs> just his little feet, his little arms. Uh, he's basically just a giant head with little, little arms and little feet. Um, and they do make a baby carrier reference to him, I think, in the movie, which is. Oh, funny. yeah. But anyway, it's really fun. It's, you know, it's obviously not an endgame situation, but it's. Uh, sure. I think the best review I heard of it was that it's a really great Fantastic Four movie with the Ant-Man people in it. Oh, wow. Because that, <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> well, because that's kind of what the Fantastic Four's deal, right? They explore like it's a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. They explore <laughs> microverses and universes and all of that. Um, right. Yeah. So all of the supporting stuff is is perfect. Wow. Um, and the and all the acting is great. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas are awesome in it. Um, yeah. And obviously Paul Rudd and, and Evangeline Lilly are great, too. And the, their daughter, I can't remember her name, the new the recast daughter. Uh, yeah, it's a great job. And they really set her up for the young Avengers that's coming down the line. So, okay. Yeah. So go see it. It's totally fun. Uh, it's definitely not going to, you know, break, break any new ground as far as right. uh, film, <laughs> but that's not why you go to see Marvel movies anyway. Um, right. What else? Let's see. There was a, uh, a Disney X-Men 97 season two announcement recently. So the guy that does the Wolverine voice from the original series just did a promo for C he just started recording VOs for season two of X-Men 97. So oh, wow. season right. one isn't even out yet. Obviously they're, they're building on that. So that's really cool. I can't wait to see what happens there. Um, they also just teased a Scarlet witch role in the new show. So obviously Scarlet witch is huge in the MCU. Um, but she's also was a really big character in the original X-Men uh, animated series. So it'll be cool to see her back in that. Um, let's see. Uh, what's her name? Kristen Ritter, uh, posted a photo of her and the Luke Cage actor the other day. Mike Coulter, yeah, Coulter, yeah. And everyone's like, Oh, is that me? Luke <laughs> Cage coming back? Oh man, because they both just destroyed those roles, uh, yeah. on the Netflix special. So, Netflix show, he's yeah, he's he, they're finishing up uh, season four of or season four of Evil right now, so. Yeah. He might yeah. he might have some time. It might be available. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, you guys um, need to watch it, by the way. 
Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me make a fifth note. Hang on. No, it's on the it's list. A, on the list. <laughs> yeah, the list that cool. nobody ever looks at anymore. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Disney re- revealed the uh, the Marvels or Captain Marvel 2, uh, the poster the other day, which is really cool looking. It has uh, all three characters on it, um, but then also delayed it at the same time. It's like right. coming November 10th. Damn it. It was supposed to be <laughs> February, then July, I think. And now it's back to November, but we'll see how that turns out. Uh, the poster looks great though. So I'm excited for that. Um, but, but, but let's see. Fantastic four reboot gets surprising casting updates. So that there's a, some cool rumors swirling around, no specific people, but um, the rumor is that they're going to cast Sue storm first and then build the team around her, uh, which is an interesting idea. And I think it, it has to do with the fact that uh, her and her brother are on the team. Because Johnny Storm, Human Torch, is her brother. So right. yeah. I'm thinking that they're going to try and just do her and then figure out who her brother is and then go from there. Um, but I would be, I don't know, I think I'd be down with a Sue Storm-centric FF reboot, considering they've all been about Reed and Johnny in, in the past. Right. So. Yeah, um, let's get it right this time. And since Marvel has <laughs> these characters back, hopefully they will get it right. Uh, so I'm excited to see what happens there. And then <laughs> my favorite one that I pulled, uh, James Cameron voices support for Thanos's depopulation plan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> From the man that creates new worlds and populates them with aliens. Uh, but I they're can, digital. Quote, they're, yeah, exactly. They're, quote. Little, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, but he knows about resources is what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. Uh, quote, I can relate to Thanos, dot, dot, dot. I, I thought he had a pretty <laughs> viable answer. The problem is no one is going to put up their hand to volunteer to be the half that has to go. Oh, my goodness. Hey, James, why don't we just double the resources? It's a universe. <laughs> you can do everything. <laughs> double the amount of planets and resources. Oh, Ooh, man. <laughs> Everybody lives. Oh. God, find us a planet, somebody. Come on. Seriously. Jesus. Earth 2. No, there's no Earth 2, and Mars is a fucking pipe dream. So let's. Right. That's dying. Speaking of which, did you hear about Africa is splitting into two continents, apparently? Holy shit. Uh, yeah, wow. watch the news, people. Shit's going down. Yeah, there's a fissure, that, a fissure that just appeared that basically cuts right through Kenya, I think. So it goes from the eastern, the northeastern coast to about the east coast of the continent and it's oh wow 50 meters deep and about 100 meters wide at this point and it's growing Jesus, th- did the uh <laughs> did the fungal infected jump out of it and start yeah, attacking exactly. people <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice pull we should talk about that too well i guess we'll talk i was about gonna bring years. it up during my okay. segment so well then and uh, at that note uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll jump into a short and sweet uh, streaming selection service of the week uh, before we get into the Vox Machina review. So, um, yeah, first and foremost, man, The Last of Us. Uh, what we just got episode six just now. Yep. Um, wow. I, I mean, Wyoming. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, last we talked, uh, I think was after episode three, right? Or no, we talked four. last week. We yeah, we talked yeah. So episode four. Yeah, it would have been four. That's right. Yeah. So um, but man, uh, episode five we got the um, uh, um, God, I'm forgetting the characters' names now, but we get their um, Henry and uh, his brother. Yeah, Henry and his brother. We get their story. The um, 
we, we get sort of their perspective of how sort of the past 10 days in uh, Kansas City went down, right? And um, and then we they meet up with Joel and Ellie and have this uh, just it's sort of incredible. And I, I mean, uh, you know, I know that this is based on a video game, but I love how it still feels like a video game in some spots. Right. You know, quick, quick aside, Sarah, have you watched the show at all? Have you played this I game at not. all? Do you care about spoilers? No. Cause it's okay. Like, yeah. It, we're going to get pretty spoiler. <laughs> Joe, are you, you have to date? No, on this oh, yeah, right. sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, the, the most I know about it is the voice actors who are in critical role who were in the video right. game. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so uh, uh, they're going through the town at the end of the spot, and then uh, somebody's trying to snipe him. Joel jumps out and uh, takes out the sniper, and like he's in like the perfect position to help everybody sort of get out. And I just I love that perspective of once the infected jump out, and he's trying to help everybody along. I just I, and again, I, I mean the emotional points of this. Um, Ellie's uh, conversation uh, with the little kid uh, right before bedtime, uh, I, I mean, was just incredible. And then, man, that final scene, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I don't know that you can write TV any better than how they're writing this show right now. Um, well, yeah, they're technically not writing TV that well. It's the right. video games. <laughs> like, they're adapting it. And then they're, yeah. they're not more than adapting it. They're basically taking the video game and putting it in the TV format and then right. tweaking things like changing right. it if it's better or not. There yeah. are, um, from what I've heard, so many shot for shot recreations in this, just like the original app. And yeah. then, uh, even down to what is said on the little magnetic, you know, <laughs> like rip away. So our, pad yeah. mm-hmm. No. So our friend, uh, our friend, Charlie emergency. Awesome. will give us, the side by side video game and <laughs> um and uh TV show uh which is great and uh it's just yeah so yeah some of the um some of the dialogue is straight from the game which is which is great yeah they're doing um, a great job it's crazy like, no the they are i mean i mean even the 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 last episode episode 6 the uh, joe and i know you have a lot to say about <laughs> how i was portrayed say it's a lot but <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the um the couple in the beginning in their house. Oh god, like, that's the best. so awesome. <laughs> that whole sequence yep. was just amazing. And like Jamie, like after like is that's it, that's all we get of them? Like <laughs> that's all we get, you know. Oh, um, I've read so many calls for like a spin-off of just like can we get a spin-off right? of those two? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, we need we need their <laughs> their backstory from the outbreak until now. Um, Which but, I'll say um, they're the most realistic portrayal of Wyoming right. <laughs> that right. I saw on this episode. <laughs> like, we went to go away from everybody, leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, and again, just everything uh, how it boils down with the uh, with his brother and you know, sort of setting up that I've always needed to come and save him. And, you know, I've, I've needed to sort of get him out of his, he gets in these situations and I always need to pick him out. I always need to pick him out. And sure enough, he gets there and he's fine. 
Yeah, he's thriving. He's more than I know, five. right? Yeah, <laughs> married, like built a kid on the way. Yeah, exactly. like I mean, just I, I don't. Yeah, and again, I mean, you know, I know that we that we sort of like to binge these shows, and especially with shows on Netflix, like they get them all dumped at once. But I I gotta double down on the release, the weekly release format because. It just builds and builds every week, and I just think it gets better and better. So, um, man. Well, and these episodes are it. so heavy. There's, like, so much to process. So you right. kind yeah. of almost need a week to just, like, <laughs> right. holy crap, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> just to, uh, Yeah, emotionally flush sort of all, all the feelings out from the last episode. Right. And, uh, like, it just stopped a... crying from the last episode, and now <laughs> right. there's another one on deck. Yeah, it looks like there's nine total scheduled. We're, That's right. We're gonna get the last two. We're gonna get uh, the Mandalorian at the same time. Oh God, that's gonna be a, a tough week. <laughs> well, uh, Pedro yeah. Pascal fans are eating well. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, the footnote here: watch The Last of Us. It's it's some of the best TV that we've gotten. Um, HBO is clearly killing it right now. Uh, after. Um, uh, House of the Dragon, and then now this. So, um, yeah, this is just amazing. Uh, another show that we recently started on Netflix, we've been wanting to watch it forever, but we finally got around to finally got around to it was a show called The Imperfects. And we're like four episodes in right now. I don't know if you guys have seen this or have watched it or not. Um, anyway, it, it and I'll... I won't spoil anything for you, but uh, it's uh, basically uh, genetic testing <laughs> gone wrong. And um, they, uh, the doctor, <laughs> so they've been taking sort of pills to suppress these sort of enhanced abilities, right? And um, uh, you follow sort of three main people, right? Uh, one girl's the lead singer of a band. Uh, the other guy is is just a um, uh, a, a sort of a, a you know sort of run of the mill like um, I, I forget where he works, but he's just like a sort of a a, a blue collar sort of like uh, you know like uh, in uh, he works for like a coffee shop or something like that. Anyway, and then there's a um, another girl who is like a, a research assistant at a like a firm or something. Um, but anyway, they all have these uh, sort of subdued abilities to start. And uh, it turns out that uh, one, uh, the uh, the girl who works at the firm is uh, is actually a succubus. The, the kid who works the job is a chupacabra. And <laughs> the lead singer, the lead singer of the band is a siren. All right. Oh, that's amazing. And, and so anyway, but they don't figure this out, but they go to this clinic that has, has been giving them uh, these meds to sort of suppress it because he stopped sending out the medications so their abilities would come to light, you know, and come out. And anyway, uh, it's possibly one of the best uh, sort of uh, guest acting spots. It's It's nobody that you know, but this guy just kills it as the sort of aloof doctor who sort of screwed up the medication and, Oh, don't worry. I'll get it back to you. And then just ditches them. <laughs> and so, so anyway, it, 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 it turns out, and this all happens in the first episode. So I'm really not spoiling anything. Um, but uh, it, 
it turns into a we need to track down this doctor. He needs to fix us. Uh, and we also need to find out who else he screwed up in the process. Um, and so there are some really, really great moments in this. And uh, um, again, no, no actress that you would know, but everybody uh, sort of, uh, sort of sinks their teeth into the parts and really, really love it. Um, so it's a good watch so far. Like I said, we're only four episodes in who knows how this is going to end. It may, it may completely crap the bed, uh, but who knows? Um, uh, one more quick thing before we get into, to folks, uh, let's talk, uh, there was a show that I kind of shot on earlier or last, last year with Chris Pratt that went on Amazon prime called the terminal list. Um, and it was a great series right up until the last 10 minutes where it just totally ruined sort of everything they tried to do in the series. Well, (laughs) Amazon, Amazon just release show that they're going to do a season two of terminal list now and then they're going to do a prequel uh around the guy who sort of messed up the season (laughs) so i don't know what the hell they're thinking but uh it's just it's anyway and the sad thing is is that i'll probably still watch it just to shit on it (laughs) so um I mean, so you gotta anyway, know if it sucks or not. <laughs> no, exactly right. Um, and then uh, the last thing I'll say before we get into Vox, actually, is uh, first episode of Star Trek Picard hit. Uh, just amazing. We got uh, Riker and Picard, basically Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid, uh, trying to get their way across the galaxy to find Crusher. And if the rest of the season is like this, I am all for it. I cannot wait. Thursday can't come fast enough in this house. Uh, I'm a, oh man, just, it's so good. Can't wait for Jordy. Can't wait for Worf. Can't wait for the rest of the next gen crew. So uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. Enough of this. (laughs) Now we can get into it. Uh, Season two, Legend of Books Machina. So we're going to go episode by episode. We'll get a, a quick rundown. We'll give our thoughts, sort of high points, uh, low points, if any. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Sarah can give a uh, a deeper sort of, oh, you know, connect it to the actual campaign. Uh, if you can, tell us what, if anything, that you wish they would have done or stuff they could have, you know, probably spent more time on or, or whatnot. But uh, I release the floor to you <laughs> Sarah, and uh set us uh set us on our journey hooray well uh we kick off the season really right at the exact moment that season one left off right vox machina yeah. has returned to amon after defeating the Briarwoods and um uh returning the city of whitestone back to its people and everything is great. They're having parades, et cetera, et cetera. And we see the arrival of not one, but multiple dragons. And it's revealed uh, in episode one that these are ancient dragons, which in D&D monster block world, uh, that is kind of the highest level of the biggest, baddest dragons that you can fight. Right, yeah. so it's not like young a dragon, adult dragon. You get up to ancient dragon, 
of all of the different uh, colors which relate to their uh, magical abilities. So this is the Chroma Conclave. What did which... I miss? Sorry. <laughs> Check on electrical burning. So. Oh, geez. Mm. Well, you missed all the dragons invading. So yeah. no big deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, starting our synopsis of episode one. Nice. Right. So, yeah. Yes. yes. So the Chroma Conclave arrives. Um, the first member of which, Brimsythe, the blue dragon, was the one that Vox Machina defeated in season one. So this is the remaining four dragons. We have Thordak, the red dragon, uh, Umbrasil, the black dragon, Vorigal, the white dragon, and um, dum dum dum, <laughs> Raishan. Deceiver, Raishan, thank you. Raishan, uh, who's the green dragon. So they all attack and in D&D world, uh, dragons are typically very solitary. You know, they have their horde, they have their territory, and that's it. So dragons attacking together, very unusual. And they just wreak havoc on the city of Amon and destroy everything. And I think it definitely captured um, the feeling of the hopelessness of this major catastrophic event you know this you can tell it's not something that vox machina could have you know risen up and defeated them yeah like it there was no way there was nothing they could do about it so then it's like damage control you know try to get out get safe get you know um the uh king and his family and the rest of the council anyone else to some kind of safety but it's uh and i really felt this in the scenes where vorigal the white dragon who has the ice powers is attacking their keep yeah. you know which is technically kind of away from the city so you had a bit of like the like whew, they got out of the city good like they're somewhere safe yeah and then nope <laughs> he comes swooping in and it's not like, like, oh, the people are frozen. We just need to, you know, heal and defrost them. Like, no, they're oh, no, like. They, they exploded. <laughs> yeah, they are decimated and it's terrible. Um, and, you know, ultimately they just get whoever they can out via Keyleth's um, transport via plants up to Whitestone to kind of regroup and figure out what they're going to do about it. So, you know, we're we're right into it. And uh, skipping ahead a bit, you know, we can see by what is covered in this season. You know, clearly the Chroma Conclave arc is going to continue, you know, minimally through season three. Right. Yeah. So yeah. this uh, this first episode was everything I wanted uh, ever from a dragon. <laughs> like so. Brimsythe uh, was great in in season one, but the the intro of the rest of the Chroma Conclave in episode one here in season two, it was just like my mouth was open the entire time. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Like the way that they're using their breath to take down the buildings and the 
the alternate version of the acid rain coming off the black dragon like oh yeah shit, that's fucking gnarly and then I, I said this before in our last podcast i love the way that they throw in their love of anime into <laughs> yeah. the animation like when um jesus what's the main dragon's name again thordak thordak when thordak supercharges himself to take out the the main the palace or whatever like that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, and all this shit lights up. And... Yeah, it's got the, like side vents, and then it goes blue, and then it... oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. I loved it so much. Yeah, and I just I, I I said this too in our review, but I just I this this was a a really really great opening to to sort of to to up the stakes from last season for sure. Yeah. You know, and uh, but it just like there were you know they're usually sort of those. Uh, action scene lull, action scene lull, action scene lull. Mm-hmm. It was like all action to start. Yeah. <laughs> like it <laughs> never slowed down. And I just, I, I really, I just, I just thought that was the coolest thing. So anyway, 100%. continue. <laughs> yeah. Kicked it up a notch for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that basically kicks off, you know, not just like a, oh, bad guy arrives, we fight bad guy. No, it yeah. shows that they have like, major like planning and strategy to do and like how are we possibly going to have any chance against an alliance of ancient dragons so you know episode two trials of vasselheim they go off to uh the city of vasselheim and this is the first i think critique that i'll say uh that we've come across i wish they spent more time in vasselheim because it is a really cool city and super interesting. It is one of the only cities in the entire world uh, that this takes place in that existed pre-Calamity, which in the lore of Critical Role is the clash between the gods over uh, mankind and humans and humanoids basically uh, feeling like they can do better than the gods and getting uh, pompous and full of themselves and all of that and the gods laying the smack down. <laughs> and, <laughs> like the cataclysm from Dragonlance, but less yeah, yeah and you more know, giant gods fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you have the betrayer gods uh, who have uh, turned against the rest of the prime deities and all that, and ultimately they all kind of banish and lock themselves behind the divine gate. So that's why the gods in this world are pretty distant, you know, and not very directly involved. But the cataclysm was such... Uh, sorry, the calamity was such a huge event, it basically wiped out much of the earth and its populations and major civilizations and Vasselheim is the one that survived so it is like the center of ancient knowledge ancient text um, any history that still exists comes through there and it's a deeply religious city where like that influence from the prime deities still exists and it's kind of divided into districts so we see like just a touch of it where we have um 
Grog going off to the Stormlord. That's where he meets, um, uh, what is it? Zoon? The fighty monk guy. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah. yeah. Uh, where does your strength come from? Yes, exactly. Oh, right. So, yeah. So really, you know, it's the whole city is more in like these districts that are dedicated to certain gods. So like the Storm Lords area is this, you know, much more like rowdy, proving yourself, showing your strength, that kind of stuff. Um, there are areas that are dedicated to the Wild Mother, who is, you know, a goddess of nature and you know harmony and those kinds of things and um seeing those different things either at odds to each other or working together you know was really interesting and i wish we would have seen more of that um gotcha because i think it's pretty relevant to some of the other um godly things that come up later on you know, uh, for example, uh, Pike's deity, the Everlight, doesn't have a stronghold in Vasselheim. And so part of Pike's, like, personal journey is helping to establish hmm. that as, like, a place where she can uh, be worshipped and her followers can, um, you know, pay their homage to her Do and all, all that stuff. kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 I think you that's know. probably a common critique of the whole episode or sorry, the whole season in general is that it moves really fast. Like they cover yeah. a lot of ground in this season and it's I wanted way more out of this. But I mean I love yeah. it, don't yeah. get me wrong, but it's very quick. Yeah, and I'll say, you know, that uh in a couple of a couple of episodes from now, we get that too of um in the campaign in the game they didn't split the party like they did right. in the show you know they're sequentially kind of going around to all these places but i think just for the speed at which they needed to keep the show moving they had to kind of split them up and have them go you know separate ways to get everything going all at once so mm -hmm. right uh, yeah, not totally true to the gameplay, but not necessarily like in a bad way. I think they did it pretty well. And I think there were some key things that I was worried about that ended up being okay. Um, but yeah, so carrying on and again with Vasselheim and speeding through everything, the whole bit with the Slayer's take, like the monster hunters... That was a whole thing in the show where they had a guest people that Will Wheaton and Felicia Day came in and yeah. were guest stars um, as members of the Slayer's Take, um, going out and fighting some monsters and stuff like that, that they just kind of like skipped over. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, you got to cut where you can, I suppose. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that would have been cool to have them in the show, though. Yeah, and... Um, we did get the, the other two, right? Yeah, so... Um, we have Zara and uh, Cashaw. Uh, and those are voiced by the same voice actor friends who came to be the guest uh, on the show to play them. So they're delightful. Um, definitely a little more... Uh, 
I would say like character um, stronger force of character I think in the show yeah. you know they yeah. Zara you know was a little more kind of combative and you see between her and Vex like bickering and all that but um, you know it, it's nice because they are kind of like a repeat set of guests that we'll probably see popping up in the future a bit yeah this was a really cool episode too we get to meet the sphinx and they're like what's going on (laughs) oh my god also just for for brevity's sake we should try to (laughs) i'm being too long-winded talking about we want to hear all this trust me (laughs) we're on two of 12 Yes. Oh God! <laughs> All right, let's let's speed our way through. So we've got the vestiges, and yeah, that's really the yeah. ultimate goal: the uh, ancient pre-calamity us, weapons, right. uh, weapons, armors, um, magical items that can help give our heroes the power to fight the dragons. Um, and so the first one takes us to the sunken tomb for the uh, champion of the Raven Queen. Pervon, <laughs> as as poor Matt Mercer discovers, he cannot make a name that his players will not make fun of. Wait, what did he say? What did Scanlan's character was like? Pedo bear next week or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Perv-on, it's like last uh, name Pedo bear. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of like know. that they broke the fourth wall a bit with that of like. Because they were all sitting there at the table, like, be serious. No, I can't. Gotta get your perv on. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the big thing that came out of that is, uh, you know, in game bad perception rolls, checking for traps. Right. Uh, they go and um, bad decks. Percy rolls and the trap hits too. Right. Yep. 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 Percy and Vex open up the sarcophagus and touch the thing and it blasts out necrotic damage which in game there's certain kinds of necrotic damage where if it brings you to zero hit points your character dies there's no like healing you or death saving throws or anything like that you're just done you know and yeah vax ever the player of i stepped away for two seconds yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um and he makes this pact with uh the raven uh matron of ravens and that's uh gonna shape you know his kind of future for the rest the rest of the whole campaign right so and something that was interesting as far as in-game character mechanics is up until that point his character was pure rogue class and when he did that and they leveled up he took he started taking levels of paladin hmm. you know which rogue to paladin is not you know like a typical min max optimized multi class that you might do yeah and i think that's really cool because um you know that's just a way that like liam o'brien leans into you know like what makes sense for this character right and not like, oh, I pre-planned out all 20 levels of my character. So hey, I, I'm know. right here, Sarah. <laughs> I, I know I'm right here. Attacked. Yeah. I may or may not have spreadsheets for every major character. <laughs> yep. 
That's just part yeah. of it, though. <laughs> so it's pretty cool, and I really do like where, with the animation and everything, they've started to bring in the visions that he's starting to see and the influence of uh, the Raven Queen and all of that earlier than you kind of got a sense of it in uh watching the live stream right yeah i know i really love that part of it i i thought it was very cool Uh, yeah just all those sequences as it happened throughout sorry no you're fine that's they they're continuing to do the amazing uh three episodes and a major cliffhanger sitch uh yeah yeah because at the end of the sunken tomb is when you get the dead sister basically and then (laughs) right you know everything picks up in four and that's when he strikes that that bargain and so is the raven queen that's a DD thing is that why they had to change it to the matron of ravens in the show uh could be okay. i think you might be right okay yeah that's what i thought it, it, otherwise it doesn't really make sense <laughs> so um interesting timing given the uh ogl and all that <laughs> and the way that was going down yeah so for sure but yeah. uh yeah, and she's she's a really cool deity um, that, de- depending on where we get in which season in the future, we'll talk about some more for her backstory. But I oh, think spoilers. it's kind of, yeah, <laughs> it's a, a bit above and beyond at this point. But I'm uh, almost done. Yeah, episode I, 100. I'm almost there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's been one of the highlights of watching the show and the animation being able to do like visions and flashbacks in a way that you can't really get like watching the live play. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so last season we got it with like Percy's childhood flashbacks mm-hmm. with, you know, the Briarwoods. And for here we get these kind of flashes and visions that oh, we got uh, the Vax is getting too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, the story of Trinket <laughs> is so sweet. Oh, that was cute. I forget which episode. Oh man, in. there's a sidebar recommendation. They mm. do have um, a novel called Kith and Kin, mm. which is a novelization <laughs> story of uh, Bex and Vax's childhood. Oh, cool. Which includes, um, you know, the story of Trinket and meeting Trinket and all that. I'm assuming um, you own this, right? Yes. So yeah. I, uh, oh, can I borrow this next time I come yeah. by? Well, the main thing is actually I recommend uh, getting the audiobook because all the dialogue is read mm. by the voice yeah. actors. Ah, okay. I'm on so, it. like, it actually sounds like Vex reading right. the dialogue of yeah. Vex. Yes, darling. But, yes. So, it's pretty cool. But. Yeah, awesome. so that's a lot of fun, and and I think again that's another point where I felt a lot through the whole season um, mm-hmm. that themes that were very kind of undertones when you're watching the live play and kind of like come to a head all at once. They they have the opportunity now to put in kind of more hints and clues as we're going along. Right. So they can they can be a little bit more direct about, you know, the protective relationship between Vax and Vex mm-hmm. and some of the uh, romantic relationships. They can put, you know, more kind of 
blushes and flirtations and things like that into it. Yeah. Um, you know, that like in 400 hours of gameplay, like is somewhere in there. Right. But they can yeah. be a little more <laughs> deliberate about it. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of nice and it's fun to see, but um, yeah. So they get out of the temple they go and look for more vestiges and going to Pyra, which is the fire Ashari. Yeah. So Keyleth's yeah. Aramente is uh, basically she Avatar The Last Airbender style, which I just <laughs> binged recently. Nice. Uh, well she has to go around and uh, master the four elements by going to the different ashari tribes people so she's an air ashari and on her aramente to become an arch druid needs to go to fire and water and earth and that's kind of like an underlying subcurrent through the whole campaign so we get to see the uh fire portion here which is uh pretty cool but has also the insight that you know that's why thordak is huge and powerful but also kind of deranged because yeah. he was effectively like banished into the fire plane and now has broken loose and seeks to <laughs> revenge against the world um but yeah i thought i thought it was pretty cool we got a, our first peak of another plane of existence and she sees meets then, her dad yeah her dad's there yeah and then gets a badass fire makeover. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So for uh, in the game and live play, every time she masters one of the elements, she can use her wild shape to shape shift into an elemental form. So she's got her big old fire form and uh, fire in the hours. future. <laughs> yeah. In the future, we'll get uh, earth and water. Yeah, and she comes back with uh, a new outfit too after she <laughs> she she does the whole uh, fire yeah. elemental and comes back in her uh, her brown and brown and gold as opposed to her greeny, which is kind of yeah. cool. Um, right. Also, something catch. that we should mention too is throughout this entire series so far, uh, Grog is having conversations with his sword. Yeah. Uh, sometimes <laughs> accompanied by yeah, Scanlan uh, and his loot. <laughs> he needs some. Uh, yeah. Some dookie, what did he call it? Like the dookie Poop accompaniment. accompaniment. Yeah. yeah. Accompaniment, um, yeah. I'm just showing it to his mask. It's Yeah, and that's going to come to a head here shortly. So. Mm -hmm. Yep, and so that's Craven Edge, who he picked off up off of the body of Silas Briarwood at the end of uh, last season. So. All right, uh, episode six. The, our next like stint of three cliffhanger <laughs> and all that good stuff. Um, they head into Rhymecleft, which is the mountain where they head towards for the uh, next vestige. And we have the partner Sphinx. And um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was it was a little different. Um, you know the <laughs> so uh 
the challenge in game was a lot more D and D puzzle type challenge. Oh, sure. The the group needed to determine um, the Sphinx's true name, and whereas in this ah. one he's like, I am Kamal Jiori. I've never heard before. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so we heard you with a rock like when ballad. he said that. He, yeah, it's like, hello, I'm Kamal Jiori. I was kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> because that was like the whole point of what they were, what I was expecting they were about to have to do. Uh, but instead we have this, yeah, like, rock ballad thing from yeah. It must have wound me. <laughs> Very meatloaf. Like, uh, my heart. Yeah. <laughs> I will do anything you know, for so, <laughs> so it's like, okay, kind of cute, kind of campy. You know, I get why they wouldn't do, like, a piecing together each syllable in the correct order dynamic like it really was you know for tv's sake but yeah it was like it gave me similar vibes if any of you have you know young disney obsessed children of like Kristoff's <laughs> song in frozen 2 oh yeah where <laughs> you're like why are we a whole okay yeah <laughs> you know, that didn't need to happen it felt similarly out of place to me right. but that's all right it, right. it was kind of a nice, uh, like, you know, wounding isn't always, like, the physical damage. Okay. <laughs> it was fun watching everybody yeah. get their ass kicked <laughs> by the Sphinx. <laughs> yeah. Right, just like, Into nope. the void. Yeah, nope. exactly. <laughs> a whole lot of nope. And it really, like, it shows you the power level that that Sphinx is working on. And then also, like, as a precursor to the power level that the Sphinx has to, to try and attain to deal with the the next challenge yeah yeah uh yeah um am i missing something for what was the ending at that one was that where uh isn't umbersil umbersil breaks in i think in that's where that's he comes yeah. in right? yeah yeah so uh, umbersil breaks and, through uh keyless sends splits the party and sends them yeah, that's at the very end. So oh, yeah, yeah. breaks go. in and basically is kicking everybody's ass, and then Grog is going blood crazy because a Craven Edge gets a taste of the dragon, and uh, ends up skewering Pike on Craven yeah. Edge at the end of that. Right. In Ooh. classic <laughs> third episode <laughs> cliffhanger, like no, somebody's gonna yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, because. You know, teleporting away, like it can go awry sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I liked how they um, did that too. It was a very um, Thor, uh, which one was that? Was that Ragnarok? Yeah, it was a very Ragnarok situation where they're like going through the the bridge and they get hit and then somebody spill, speeds off to the oh, side yeah, like, and then gets. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I've been here for weeks with Jeff Goldblum. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, again, you know, then leading into the next kind of set of three episodes, we have a split party. Um, doesn't happen in the tabletop game, but it hits kind of all the same plot points. Right. Uh, so first we kind of see him in the Fey Realm, um, and it is a trip, man. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Oh it is. It, uh, yeah, I love them. Uh, he looked vomiting rainbows. Right. Yeah. 
Dude, I was totally with Percy on this of just like, oh my god, the Fey realm just being like his total fanboy of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, love, yeah, I love the discovery walk through the Fey realm. I just thought was was uh, fantastic. My favorite part was Cheech as the voice of Trinket. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Is that what that. you sound like? I, didn't know. <laughs> I know, right? I know, oh right? <laughs> oh, and Garmeli. I loved Garmeli. Oh my god. Garmeli with <laughs> yeah. his Badussi uh hanging out. They had to they blurred that like on the YouTube thing that I watched because his orifice was too pronounced apparently. So it was blurred. It's just his butt, right? Or whatever it is. But yeah. <laughs> apparently it was too uh pronounced to be safe for YouTube without uh, demonetization. Hmm. Monetization. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, but we got another Hobbit voice, so yeah, we did. it's yeah. all good. Uh, yeah, Garmili, Garmili's cool. Um, and no spoilers. <laughs> but, he, yeah, that's neat, and uh, I love, like, yeah, the Percy vibes of, like, the I am highly educa- educated about this yeah. different place, so I can be our guide, and then just like, n- no, nope, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you can start to see like the the tension there with him and Vax about like, will you stop just assuming you're right about everything, you know, and like he's not taking accountability for when he doesn't know something; he's just going through acting as if, you yeah. Know, other other things are inconveniencing him when they don't line up with his knowledge, you know? So it's like, oof. Uh, and then, so instead of kind of jumping back and forth, maybe we'll, like, finish out the Fey Realm and then kind of get back over to uh, nice. yeah, Grog idea. and Pike and team. Yeah. So, yeah, this, this feeds into episode eight. You know, now they're trying to cross the Fey Realm the easiest way to get to the cursed bog that has the <laughs> uh, withered tree that has the vestige is through the city of Syngorn, which is in the elven city where Vex and Vax grew up with their dick of a father. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who, like, I'm just glad they didn't shy away from that at all, because I feel yeah. like it would be kind of easy to you know, try to have some like soft redemptive moments, but it's like, no, he's yeah, like he's just that bad, you know, yeah, 100% <laughs> asshole, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and kind of explaining why, uh, you know, the kids are the way they are and why they struck out on their own so young, um, right. they, uh, it changed a little bit how um, Percy revealed Vex's title to her. I feel like the point at which it happened in the show was probably better. Because um, I think they did it back at like the Slayer's take in the tabletop game. But I didn't feel like it was given the as much of the weight that it had in the tabletop game. Did they? I thought I thought it was the same point. That was, was one it of the at things the same that, point? I think so. Well that was one of the things I was going to comment on earlier is that one of the things I really enjoy about um 
the the fan base of Critical Role in general is they'll show there's a bunch of clips on YouTube that'll take amazing moments from the show, from the mm-hmm. animated series, and then splice them in with the actual uh, live show. Um, and I I want to say it was close to the same thing where he's talking to her father and it's the same kind of oh, context was. where he's snapped the Good. father as being a total d-bag and <laughs> mm-hmm. he goes oh do watch your manners you know that's the yeah. you have to correct this contract because she's lady Vaxal, yeah, you know, mistress of the great hunt kind of thing oh, oh that just made well, my I'm heart bitter patter though that part yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he really likes her <laughs> yeah and like you know vex that meaning of having like the title and honors like is is such a big deal to her and so it was uh i think in the tabletop play that was the first time you kind of felt like a connection between vex and percy i feel like they've been hinting at it a little longer in the show um Mm -hmm. but that was the first time that i feel like for me it kind of came out in the tabletop play um but yeah, some some of the magic that helps Syngorn um, teleport the city because it it's literally um, it's a city in Taldore and it has these giant crystals and it has very powerful magic that That's those right. crystals kind of create like a orb that teleports the whole location. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be magic that we'll see come up uh, in future episodes, arcs, campaigns, etc. Um, so that's kind of an interesting one of being able to move a whole city is kind of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they get to the bog, they get to this like corrupted swamp and the tree. And uh, I thought they did the whole interaction with the cursed archfey to get Finthris the bow, I thought it was really well done with, uh, you know, the archfey trying to lead Vex on and uh, sort of taunt her with all of these deep desires that she has and worries. Yeah, what a um, great battle, too. They did such a good oh, job with that yeah. battle. <laughs> it was, yeah. But yeah, so it was, but ultimately, you know, coming down to her being able to resist him and, you know, pick her found family over all those kind of empty promises. So, and then she got a badass bow. Did she, (laughs) was that kill similar in the, the live show where she used the, like an arrow that Percy made for her or was that created for the, um. The TV show. If she did, I think it would have been shot like from an arrow or like bow and arrow with a special arrow head. Because Percy definitely does like tinker those together for her from time to time. So it wouldn't have been like her kind of like a close up stab, I don't think. But again, cut me some slack because I think I watched the live stream probably like. <laughs> Three or four years ago, by yeah. Now? <laughs> hey, man, do the research, okay? Right. Slacking <laughs> <laughs> uh, on my homework. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it was yeah. 
and you know that heals the swamp and the bog and all those good things oh one thing i wanted to talk about a little bit was um the vex's new necklace for trinket so she has the little pendant and this uh came in from the the sunken tomb they actually found it in the live play with the artifacts of uh pervon because he had a wolf familiar so unfortunately the wolf gets left out <laughs> um in this whole storyline but it was his companion and had this uh, necklace that basically can put your animal familiar living thing into a little pocket dimension to help for easy transport. And, uh, you know, to a degree, I think it was kind of a gameplay mechanic invention because oh, sure. like we always have to walk around with the bear and yeah. like, yes, yes. <laughs> How do you the bear stays beer? outside, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you know that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, then, part that I was worried about later on ended up coming in, and that is, whoop, back over to uh, Grog and their storyline. Um, anyone have any last thoughts on like the Fey Realm stuff before I jump over? No, I, I this so what's coming up is sort of what spoke to me from this season. So I'm I'm <laughs> I'm ready to I'm ready to jump in. So yay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, simultaneously, the other half of Vox Machina is over with uh, Pike being just stabbed by Craven Edge uh, via Grog's blood madness and all that, and so they go and. Uh, you know, have to. She ends up healing herself, right? Like, right. Barely, but you know, being able to convince Frog to get rid of Craven Edge, yeah, effectively. The, the break scene is pretty insane. Like, mm -hmm. blood, yeah, fountain everywhere. Shouldn't right, like all the blood it's absorbed <laughs> over all shining. the years yeah. just <laughs> whew, spills out. Um. I don't think Grog was so in the live play uh, Grog like falls over dead. So at, just at some point he's like walking off to talk to Craven Edge and fails a saving throw of some kind hmm. and just like blop, like face down oh, in wow. the snow and that's it. <laughs> and they're all like what just happened? And so they have to like deal with that. So it was kind of like jarring and random because that's the way the dice roll sometimes mm -hmm. yeah uh and you know in in gameplay mechanics he comes back with points of exhaustion you know which for this one they kind of draw and linger out in his you know weakened state uh that he has to kind of work his way back from so you know a little bit different but kind of interesting and we get to meet great great grandpa pike <laughs> will will hand uh and see again some of grog's backstory which is pretty cool yeah i i really like this part of it i just to get the backstory and how you know i mean we've gotten sort of at the, at this point one and a half seasons of uh basically pike and grog being great friends 
and you know them having that little relationship but now you get to see sort of how it how it came up and i really yeah i i just really thought this was a cool backstory of uh of yeah the um what what's what's grog again but his yeah his people basically coming through and cleaning yeah, up the, the town yeah the herd and then he um yeah and he he's tasked with killing grandpa pike right but can't do it it's, that's right right yeah i'm yep. remembering this correctly okay good yeah and then <laughs> and then essentially smuggling him out of town right. um and getting him out but then uh, coming to a head at the basically at the edge of town <laughs> with his uncle uh and i just yeah i no i just thought that was a, a, such a cool part and and definitely made more sense you know of their relationship and why they're so close so i just i love yeah. that part of it why they're buddies yeah 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 it's oh, interesting they started using buddies uh like halfway through the season and they didn't before that i wonder why yeah that is. i think i think they might have said it kind of offhand once or twice but not really sure um but well, like I said, yeah this... like go ahead this part gave me the like the one country song that I actually like. <laughs> the whole making my way sequence cracks me up, and that oh, song yeah, is stuck in my so head. Oh. Yeah, it was. That was oh, incredible use of that like, right there. Yeah, yeah, and so I've, yeah, critters, critters will get like a little bit of extra. Like that's a little Easter eggy because at some point, someone you know. Matt Mercer says, like, so you're all making your way, and they start singing, like, making my way downtown, walk, you know, like that. <laughs> and that's, like, devolved into this madness of, like, whenever someone says, like, okay, I'm gonna make my way, and they all go, making my way! And it's, like, just sort of, like, this nonsense callback response now, and so hearing that, like, as part of the lyrics there was, like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, you know, we see, like, the Grog's uncle Kevdak and, you know, what the herd does, and they're just massively brutal, and, uh, you know, that's what Grog was, where they just come in and, like, wreck these towns, and they've taken over uh, Westron, and um, basically intimidating and looting and pillaging to get... Um, gold for the horde that's going to Thordak ultimately by way of Umbrasil. Um, and they go in and uh, you know, try to help people and Grog's gonna have to face his uncle. So we're kind of like, this is getting us up to episode like 9-10-ish. Right. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, um, yeah, in, in true herd fashion, the only way to challenge someone is a battle to the death, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Grog fights him, and um, this was, I thought, really well for uh, how they brought the split party back together. Because in the live play... Yeah, the whole group was there and they just had to kind of stand on the sidelines and watch this battle between Grog and Kevdak and like for honor, you know, they had to stay out of it. Yeah. Um, and so having them like 
physically not there when it starts. And then I love when you see the little like shadows of like Vex and Vax like darting along the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, yay, the cavalry is arriving. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah nice timing because he was getting his ass kicked. Like, yeah. yeah. Even after yeah, he true, splintered true to form. the uh, <laughs> yeah, and the, the, stuff. the whole Vox Machina, fuck shit up. I was yeah. just like, yeah. Oh, oh good. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and so that all really happened, and I liked how true that was. And as I've kind of hinted at multiple times, the part that I was worried they would cut because of how they split the party, um, but ultimately kept, was Vex flying in, popping Grog into the necklace for Trinket to like basically save him from where he's getting like beat down on Uh and flying up and then releasing grog and he just like cannonball axes straight (laughs) down down the middle of kev deck and so i was like yes they kept it in there cannonball grog she's like god i hope this works (laughs) so uh amazing and uh you know also in those battles and throughout all of this Uh, again, in, like, the nods to everything we love in anime, is I love how they've done Vax's, like, super movement since getting... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, since getting his vestige. Like... Very fast. Just, yeah, the the speed and, like, just the way that they animate it, I'm totally in love with. And I'm a bit of a fangirl for Liam O'Brien anyways. So I'm just like, ah, <laughs> and it's super cool. Um, and I like that they associated it with that. Um, in game, he I think it's like Boots of Haste or something like that that he yeah, can activate. So like, right. yeah, to get extra movement speed and extra attacks and all that. But I like that they tied it to the vestige instead. So that was cool. I wonder um, if that like the they have some of the similar animators from Avatar: The Last Airbender because there's a lot of like points in the show where I'm just like this feels very Avatar-y to me and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it it does seem eerily similar the the animation style for sure. Yeah, and like the Grog's uh, you know where does your strength come from guy? I'm like that dude's an yeah. Airbender. So totally. yeah, <laughs> Mouse did the opening sequence for Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. There we go. Good call. You knew it. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Subconsciously. It looks like they did way more than that. 2005, 2008. Yeah, looks like they did do all of it. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Ding, ding, ding. Two points. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so so then they had the herd on their side and coming up with a plan to... uh, try to defeat umbrasil yeah can we um, not can we not like uh just smooth past the the moment where kevdak <laughs> with his arm cut off and then hits grog in the face with his own yeah. arm with the titans <laughs> yeah. that was a pretty cool like kurosawa like slash by moment and then the arms like and then he rips it off and hits him in the face oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah. and grog is even like dutch badass <laughs> right yeah, yeah. that was so cool yeah yeah sorry like, okay was, that was cool a great point. moment 
There's so many <laughs> great worries. Grog moments. I mean, we did we did gloss over the best Grog moment when he grew his beard. Oh uh, man! <laughs> so the belt of dwarven kind. I was telling yeah. them about this in the last podcast, where it took like twenty rolls or something like that for him to actually grow in the full beard. Yeah. <laughs> over the course of the campaign, like, uh, yeah. So okay. somebody somebody spliced together all of those rolls. So I went back mm-hmm. and I watched that video of it, and that's just <laughs> yeah. Oh rolls. man, so funny, so good. Morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, beard roll. Yep. Oh yeah, because <laughs> Goliaths are naturally hairless, so you know he's not bald via like shaved head. They just like don't grow hair, and right. that's yeah. the thing. And so it's like oh, a beard. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, I beard. got a beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it gets cut off part, and it's like not the beard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Shit. There, so good. there's definitely some parts maybe we'll see it it's not like key spoilers or anything but Bax definitely uses his rogue abilities for evil yeah. to yeah. prank <laughs> shave the beard on more than one oh occasion. just yeah. 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 mischief beard <laughs> shaving it's hilarious yeah. yep. <laughs> but it's like damn it roll for beard again see if it comes right. back <laughs> right just bloop uh, but yeah, so the last two episodes are fighting Umbrasil. And uh, yeah, that's our our dragon of the season, you know, that we get to do. And totally agree, like, the acid is gnarly. And yeah. how they ugh, how they depict it and all that. Um, we will, again, yeah, kind of gloss straight to Vax and Scanlan end up inside the dragon. <laughs> yeah, with, with yeah. Scanlan's proctology hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a foomp noise. <laughs> yeah, like the eye dilation. We, like, yeah, <laughs> we have got to put that eye dilation in the show notes or the treatment oh, yeah. or something because that 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 gif is all over the internet and it's it's like my spirit animal right now. It's so yeah. <laughs> But anyways, and so I really liked that they had it be uh, the sword, like a sword that Kaylee used to, because in the game it was just, it was the immovable rod, you know, which is a common kind of classic item in D&D. You activate it and it just doesn't move like in space, wherever it is. So, you know, the dragon's trying to like fly and take off and he's like locked down literally inside and tears it through himself but you know made more epic looking with a sword right yeah (laughs) and so uh yeah but then it's uh really like stressful moments of like dragons flying away we have party members literally inside of it grog like lassos behind it yeah (laughs) (laughs) like and what happens when you fall you know because there's always I don't know. Maybe it hits me hard because I'm one of those people like in a recurring nightmare. I have those of like you're stuck like lifting up off the ground and it's like at what point like do you let go but you know yeah. if you wait too long then it's too far like that that's kind of a thing for me. 
So yeah. oh, no. I was like, we, we <laughs> might, we might need to unpack this in a future episode. <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> we might need to have a little therapy session on. Uh, There's nightmares. <laughs> well, it's either taking off and flying or being in a sinking car that goes underwater where oh, you're like, God. at what point do you like open the car door to try to swim out versus like, don't break the seal where anyways, I digress. Well, I've had that one too. <laughs> Just yeah, make I sure think you can I, break the glass is the idea. We should just yeah. have an Irrational Fear podcast. Oh, that's a great <laughs> oh, idea. Man. Yeah. Because well, I, well, and this is way off topic and I know I'm, I'm, I'm turning, but I had this, I have a complete and total irrational fear that every time I leave the house, I'm going to come back to it and it's going to be like on fire or something. Oh God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. You need to, and I had to. I had to express that. I had to express that to my family this weekend (laughs) because we were talking about irrational fears. So I had to come clean with that one. So anyway, all right, we can move on. (laughs) A lot of stuff a therapist would say about that. (laughs) Yep. Let's make sure we get that. Let's get that. All right. (laughs) No judgment. All right. So irrational fears aside <laughs> actual fears of fighting acid spitting dragons how about right. that one there we go <laughs> uh yeah so they they chase them and it's we get back to kind of that classic D party conundrum of do you stop do you rest do you regroup but knowing that the creature is also getting away and getting a rest and getting a regroup and ultimately, they choose to continue pursuing said dragon uh, <laughs> up into his lair in the mountain, which is like everything you would hope a uh, acid dragon's lair would be. Right. <laughs> Lakes of acid and a sphinx's head on a spike. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That is brutal. Um, we also shattered over the Ripley is back. And teamed mm. up with Umbrasil mm-hmm. and like cheerleading Umbrasil quite oh, a bit right. to try and get her own yeah. and spying for Umbrasil. She's trying <laughs> yeah. to raise funds to build her mechanized uh, weapons of doom kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and she's the one who's really like spurring him on to try to get the vestiges. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Thordak is kind of like, why are you wasting your time looking right. for like this one random sword kind of thing? even a day late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and so it's, and I think it's starting to hint at like Thordak. Thordak is pretty like unhinged, right? He's he's the biggest and most powerful, but he's not super uh, like conniving. You know, he has sort yeah. of like this fever dream fantasy, whatever of like what his power could be. And is just sort of like sweeping all of them along in the whirlwind of what that is. Um, but yeah, this is an instance where we're starting to see the other dragons like, like, but don't you get how this other strategy would be even more powerful? And it's like, I don't care what you have to say, like that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, really egging them on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, favorite cameo was uh from the the black powder vendor Victor, who's like learn from my mistakes, right? Holding up yeah. like missing That's fingers, great. <laughs> yes. like. And yeah, I that... think my favorite. 
Percy line, which was also in the preview, like the I am very flammable running yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, that <right>. was hilarious. <laughs> Matt Mercer dressing up as that vendor for the Halloween episode is one of my favorite things I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen. Yes, what do you need? Like, he's got two uh, fingers left. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And that ever. was another Avatar The Last Airbender moment for me where I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally mm-hmm. see this vendor in sim- in like same world. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fire Nation somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, let's talk about. Um, hidden mercers that we've come across (laughs) right so there was the goliath mercer who's like so i told him he could certainly try (laughs) and all those things they're pretty fun well a not so hidden mercer he was umbersil right yeah Uh, did he do that voice i I think he did dragons with the exception of thordak as far as i know yeah no uh, yeah, so that that's a lot of fun, and you know there were other like assorted towns guards and things like that. Um, I yeah, think Hidden, he was Hidden one Mercer of the died in episode one from the acid, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, acid or the uh, poison breath, one of the two. And Rip, uh, what's the leader of tel- of the city oh. of Iman before he gets poison gas to death? The VX poison gas at the very beginning. Uh, what's his name? Oh. uh um Speaker Uriel. Uriel, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. Oof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we still have uh Council of Taldori members, Lady Allura, yeah. Kima, oh, all yeah. of our favorites. They're the best. Yeah, and Joe said you said you're on episode five, right? So you're Yeah, uh, so they're they're in the, in the Underdark. Underdark looking for Lady Kima. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really cool arc. Yeah, with the mm-hmm. mind flayers and yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and I like that they um, had some like legit representation with their relationship there. It took a little longer to be uh, that explicit on like a live stream, right? And so, and I think part of that was also because uh, Tiberius kind of had a thing for Allura for a little bit. Mm. Uh, so it's like okay we gotta get like that out of our system <laughs> but uh, yeah so Lady uh, Allura and Kima are just sweetheart couple and grow old <laughs> and love each other and it's delightful so it was nice to see that yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah so anyways back they they defeat the dragon ultimately so we've got one more Dragon down, well, three to go. Do they defeat the dragon, or no. does Sam Regal sing the high note and defeat the dragon? Because <laughs> that was a pretty cool ending. I mean, I knew I knew how it was going to go, kind of, but the way they depicted it in the show, I mean, they're getting their asses kicked. Ultimately, they should have rested because the dragon healed itself and was ready. Yep. And they are getting their asses kicked. And yeah, Scanlan. It's all sneaky. <laughs> now I have three vestiges of divergence. He's like, <clears throat> two. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> this one's mine. And then gets the whole kill moment. I forget how that goes in the live stream. I have to look that up again. But it's something similar where he gets a crit or something like that, right? I think so. Let's see. I, I had I'm made sure notes have last time for Brazil. 
yeah, I don't have a specific like killing blow, but it was very cool. Uh, very yeah. cool effect. Can we yeah. get a pike and Scanlan kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't does that doesn't happen in the live show, right? Not until I mean I don't no. know if that ever happens, but to where I'm at, they're pissed. <laughs> yeah no, yeah talking. i definitely that's uh i think kind of like i said earlier you know that's where they kind of put a lot more of like the coupley blushing flirting mm-hmm. in the show more than it was in uh, the live stream yeah right but scanlon was like very like womanizing and rough and kind of just disgusting misogynist <laughs> to, towards pike yeah throughout the whole live show yeah speaking of uh speaking of gross and misogynist and philandering he has a daughter (laughs) that he tries to get with yeah yeah wait i'm daddy (laughs) (laughs) oh man we just glossed right over that too no we did did. it was somewhere in the mix there that was Uh, way further back (laughs) yeah Yeah, so uh, in the live play, they met uh, Kaylee and Dr. Dra, Dranzel's uh, troop, uh, a couple of episodes before they actually get to um, uh, Western, where the herd is. But it makes sense that they kind of condense that into one place, because they do all end up there at the same place together. But yeah, like... You know, ooh, like a cute young little gnome woman. He's like, hey. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Here we go. But, um, yeah, you know, and and Scanlan kind of uh, very suddenly having that realization of, like, more family than he thought he had. You know, and trying to figure out, like, what what that means to him i absolutely love the like three minute diatribe he goes on about how much he loved spending time with With her mother and i just (laughs) and i loved leah so much my mother's name was (laughs) civil my mother oh my god i (laughs) i love that part so much I thought that was great. I thought, yeah, yep. that was that was that was a good. Uh, <laughs> oh, so good. Yep. What's my mother's name? Yeah, <laughs> definitely uh. with a C. <laughs> <laughs> I love the part with him and Vax where it's like, "I'm the champion of the Matron of Ravens." Well, I'm a father. <laughs> oh, yeah. you win. You win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you win. <laughs> yep. Man, oh yeah, Vax's uh plunge into the blood pool at the Raven Temple. Yeah, that was intense. oh, yeah. Oh, and when he gets so, wings, <laughs> yeah, he's so pretty. Oh, yeah. he's so beautiful. <laughs> Wait, you get wings and I get a broom? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> right, that was so good. That happens in the live show. Oh I remember God. that distinctly because she was so yeah. proud of her death from above and her broom. <laughs> And then he gets yep. wings, and she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yep, it was like everything she ever wanted was mm-hmm. to have that broom. But 
but the blood pool scene with him in the Matrix of Ravens was gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> like I could watch mm-hmm. that over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And so in yeah, in the live show that happens at the Raven Temple is in Vasselheim. Because the Matron of Ravens has her kind of district with those like those other deities do. So he kind of just sneaks off uh during their like discovery phase in Vasselheim. And so I thought it was kind of cool having like a uh sort of um uh, what am I saying? Derelict, rundown temple that only looks complete to him. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, and coming out of it and Percy being there, and they sort of have a little bit more of that understanding of like, I know what it's like to carry darkness around with you. So it's like, yeah, blood and just. <laughs> sort of drown yourself yikes <laughs> yeah yeah i uh, no i i yeah i i don't know there there were so many i just i think really really like smart and well sort of thought out moments of this of this season and that was i think that was definitely one of them too um you know, I and it just I think it had the right mix of of silly and uh, of silly and serious and fun too, especially with all of the the flashback moments of um you know with Grog and Pike and then with the realization that Scanlan's a father and then even those moments of uh of just Scanlan like right before the final battle too, like you know sort of like realizing his his place but not not necessarily like fully getting it you know and and mm-hmm. having to sort of get pulled back into the mix with everything um but yeah i just know there, yeah this it was it was a really good season <laughs> when does season three come out <laughs> right yeah Are, January so what comes 2024 yeah and approximately what, a year from now <laughs> and what comes first uh that or the mighty nine that i would think okay I mean, we're not even close to everything that Vox can throw out there. And I know Mighty Nine just got announced, but I I think right. we wait on the line. I don't know if yeah. they do that concurrently. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like even if they did just the fact that the announcement came with only uh like voiceover and like it didn't even have like teaser graphics. Sure. Right? Yeah, you know, so I feel like they probably haven't even started on, you know, right. the character designs and you know all those things. Yeah, it was more of just um, an announcement that they signed this crazy huge deal with Amazon, like an over right. yeah. yeah movie deal and first look deal and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. so awesome. Yeah, and I mean, even though uh, campaign two is fairly standalone from campaign one, uh, especially seeing how much they've tried to tie different elements of campaign one together. I think it'll view a little more sequentially, you know, mm-hmm. So I think you'll get more enjoyment out of Vox Machina. If we've gotten further along in the story or enjoy mighty nine, if we've gotten further along in Vox Machina. Nice. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm, 
trucking through campaign one so I can get to campaign two. I just I've <laughs> really been wait, like chomping at the bit to, to introduce those characters. And I'm excited. And we're only like 50 episodes into campaign three. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> thinking about that. I started it, then I went, Nope. And going back to one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Sarah as a whole, uh, for season two, what do you, like, what did you think? How, how did you walk away from season two? I mean, I, I love anything these people do overall right. and it <laughs> yeah. makes me happy and I love seeing it. Yeah. Uh, it, I'll say, I think it did feel kind of, uh, like Lord of the Rings, two towers. Like it felt a bit like a middle season. Okay. You know, if I'm really yeah. trying to look objectively at the whole thing, right? You know, because right. the first one, we got, like, the initial introductions and, you know, like, a taste of a solid arc with the Briarwoods and the beginning of this major arc with the dragons. Mm-hmm. And this middle one, got to get through a lot of ground to cover, you know, yeah. so we move really quickly and we're starting to see some of the major like character development arcs and all of that, you know, but not a whole lot really getting like resolved. Right. And so I, I enjoyed it of course. And there were some awesome moments, Mm -hmm. but I'm really more excited now for like season three or four. I don't know if they're going to wrap up all three dragons in season three. What do you guys think? Yeah, that seems that it, it would seems like it would be too much. Well, especially or, with the reveal at the end of this series, you know. <laughs> right. That was yeah. a great like button hook from the live show too, because it wasn't Keeper Yenon. It was the the council member from the beginning, like the original council member, the little halfling, right? That was that was uh disguised as the uh, yeah. dragon. Yeah. Right, Sean. Yeah. So when did that actually happen? Because I was watching the first season again after watching the second one, and I, there was a couple moments where Keeper Yen and I was like, "Are you already the dragon?" Cause... No, it, it happens after when they flee through the tree, and Grog gets confronted by that little girl with the blazing green eyes, and he's like, "Oh, you're feisty or whatever." That yeah. I think that was the dragon coming through. Oh, okay. Because Keeper oh, Yet and still sense. at that point is like, get these people to safety and all that. I mean, we don't know for sure, but I would yeah. expect Yeah, no, that's, that's a good call, point. though. Yeah. Because yeah. the green eyes are a big deal, I think, in the original piece. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I believe so. Yeah. And, I believe so. And, and like Nate said, it, originally it wasn't Keeper Yet, it was a different uh, council member who's who they haven't really played up as a character in the show. That Keeper um, Yenon thing okay. really threw me for a hook. I was like, oh, shit. Wow, they went there? Oh, no. <laughs> and then her face gets all half dragon out. Was, yeah, yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> like, you didn't even detect me. I could have killed all of you if I yeah. wanted to. Like, oh, God. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I think doing, wrapping up Chroma Conclave in season three would be too much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they'd have I, to face no, it. So I totally yeah. agree. I hope it's spread out a bit more. <laughs> Me too. But it, considering how fast they clipped through grabbing so many vestiges, like three vestiges in one season and so much backstory, I, I wouldn't put it past them. 
to try right. and, like we're gonna do a dragon in three episodes every three kind of thing like um, yeah i hope they don't i agree with you but i wouldn't be surprised I mean, with the speed they're going through these yeah i think it'll kind of depend on whether uh they keep some of the other story points mm-hmm. in in the same order right right because uh, like we saw with uh keyleth and her aramente going to pyra you know that directly had a connection to thordak right mm-hmm. um but she also does other parts of her aramente uh coming up as part of like their search for power and vestiges and all that but not as necessarily directly related to defeating the chroma conclave right so it wouldn't surprise me if they maybe rearranged that a little bit right where it's like okay you're getting your weapons and vestiges and all that fight the dragons and then maybe after that get back to like keyleth's story arc and her aramente and some of the other interactions we have there yeah so i don't know depends on how strongly they feel about being you know true to the sequence right what do you think andy how did that the season two leave you no i th- i i just thought it held up really well i mean like i i was i was i, I didn't you know immediately when all of the dragons sort of hit in episode one i figured that the end of it was what I, I I thought that they were going to sort of pick off dragons throughout the season, you know, not, not knowing where the, the actual campaign took them. Right. You know, I just, I figured that, um, yeah, that they were just going to like, they were going to, it was going to be sort of like dragon of the week almost. Right. Right. Where, and then you get the Thordek at the end, but I'm actually really glad they took the time. And again, we got backstory on the characters. There was, like I said, there was just enough uh, sort of fun and serious uh, moments. And um, yeah. And I just, like I said, I'm, I'm, I was relieved when I realized that they, Oh no, they're just going to focus on Umbrasil. And, you know, and because, you know, yeah, after, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, it takes, <laughs> it takes energy. It takes, <laughs> it takes health to take out a dragon, right? It's like, you can't, Yeah. if they decided to do that, like if it was a different dragon battle, like every two weeks or something, or how they release them, like three episodes is one dragon. The next three episodes is another dragon. The next three episodes is another dragon. I think it would have been too much. And I think it would have been, so I'm, I was, yeah, I was very relieved that they, Again, they gave everybody these really great moments during the uh, um, during the season. Uh, all of them sort of wrestling with the vestiges and how they got it. Love the stuff with Grog and his uh, going against his um, his former sort of group and clan, and uh, and even when he loses his when he goes skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love all, I loved all the stuff around that too. When like, they're playing the song and they're dragging him around and his pants yeah. come off like <laughs> right. <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> um I just thought like yeah, that stuff I thought was was great. Um so uh yeah, I you know, I I I don't I don't know. I 
comparing it to sort of season one, I think season one was was good just because I had no backstory and I had no, you know, part of it. But I think this was definitely on par with with season one. And I was definitely excited, just as excited to watch week to week um, with this season as well. So nice. that was my very long-winded answer to yeah, your question, right? Nate. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, now that we're getting uh, a wrap-it-up box from the... <laughs> right, yeah, sorry. The light's on. The light's on in the back there. Uh, yeah, pretty much everything Andy said. Um, I'm, I'm stoked to get to kind of sit with each dragon for a while and, you know, get to experience them and know them and stuff because i mean this is really really good dragon content <laughs> yeah no it is it absolutely is yeah yeah i'm really excited uh, yeah. for you to start with the show too joe especially since you're you're thinking about getting into dnd that the, you'll get so much inspiration <laughs> from the, the live stream so yeah i'm excited for you yeah i'm pretty stoked to be getting on this journey yeah. so. <laughs> and uh they also have a podcast uh so if you can't like do the youtubes you could download some of the podcast episodes and take them with you okay cool yeah good to know um they did watch parties too uh, where they watched the episode blocks with right. uh and those those were fun i i caught a couple of them and they were they were pretty good so yeah it was yeah it was fun seeing those nice yeah yeah i mean predictably i loved it uh yeah <laughs> um, really, I, man, I, really. I, yeah p- being patient zero for the podcast <laughs> uh, as far as getting you guys on board with this um i take great pride in that and thanks to sarah for getting me on board with it so yeah uh, more critters critters beget critters yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay um, i totally thought of just a different critter then yeah right no, no, not, not that critter joven we can talk about good crossover idea though i'm sure they have trimmers right. or, or some equivalent um, yeah i absolutely loved it this is this has got to be my all-time favorite dragon anything i mean smog is amazing uh sean connery's dragon is amazing I am the last one, but I, this is, this is how I want my dragons like giant, <laughs> giant and fearsome and right. wrecking an entire city in 10 minutes. Like, yeah, um, I would so like poison dragons well, and acid dragons. Yeah, and well, ice I've, been, dragons. I've been pining for a dragon Lance show in forever. And apparently oh. Joe Manganiello just let, let it spill or, somehow i forget how it came out but i just watched a thing where he's actually developing a Dragonlance show um with i can't remember what company he's doing it with but he actually has like full-size D like branded whiz kids toys of Dragonlance like icons that nobody else has so i'm very hopeful they can't that, tease us with this stuff though they you know what they tease us the with one. Dragonlance stuff all the time, uh, yeah, I know, man. But he's been, and they, but they, they decades. need to. They, you know what? Yes, it's not real until I actually see a trailer. You know? Yeah. Don't. Okay. I, I saw. Yeah. Play with my emotions. Four, I saw a four-foot model of the Inn of the Last Home in his house. Like that's in a like a private. It's like a concept piece. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, <laughs> come on. You, I know. I, I'm telling you. He's developing oh. a Dragonlance show. He has a oh. character in D&D now. Like his his character okay. is canon in Dungeons and Dragons now. So Okay. If he's if anyone's going to do it. Yeah, if, yeah. If anybody's <laughs> going to use their celebrity to get a good D&D thing made, it's him. 
So. Yeah, that's true. Let's that's see true. what happens. But, Cameo yeah. in Critical Role. I'm yeah. curious that they're going to bring him in oh, when God, that's relevant. I hope so. Ooh, they couldn't, though. <laughs> right? Because that's D&D owns that. I would think. Ooh, I okay. don't know. I'm not. I'm actually not there. I don't think. Probably not. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Exciting. Whoops. <laughs> Exciting times. Damn it, Sarah. That's no, not, I, I already done. knew that. There not a spoiler. A... a teaser. A teaser. Right. Not a, a teaser. Right. <laughs> teaser. Ugh, good stuff, but, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Dragons appropriately epic. Yeah. It's <laughs> right. A special thing. Yeah. Um. Uh. What else? Anything else on this? Any final thoughts on uh, The Legend of Vox Machina Season 2? Yeah, it's Vox Machina. Vox is Machina it? the whole time. This guy and his pronunciation. Every, I know, every right? episode we get Andy I, I'm, pronunciation. <laughs> I need like, help. Last episode he said Ben Affleck. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Ben <laughs> Emphasis. It's Ben yeah, Affleck. Yeah, I was, I, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, no, it's amazing. Issues. I can't wait for the next one. Uh, yeah i agree Bide my time on the live show so definitely watch it it's worth <laughs> your time it's, yeah uh, it's a good yeah. filler so yeah play D D, everybody yeah, try it out <laughs> you know it's the, like the there are so the many nerds yeah. like i know so find a one shot try it out uh i just this last weekend was at dungeon in norcal up here which is like tabletop <laughs> gaming convention you know so there are little things that pop up all over the place where you can just like go and show up and like what's up i want to learn D &D." you know friendly local game stores uh santa clara Clara. yeah okay yeah so the local game store here in martinez uh games of martinez uh, appropriately named does a monday Mm -hmm. drop-in D &D night uh oh fun Yeah, and really? Black Diamond Games over in Concord. Oh, I, I forget Black what night Diamond. of the week it is. Yeah, I think it's two, you know, Tuesdays or Thursdays. So. Tuesdays or Thursdays. Yeah. I'd... Is it yeah. Thursday yet? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We used to live two minutes away from Black Diamond and would go there all the time. I love that store. Yeah, yeah I'm glad. It, I'm glad it's still open. I'm glad it's, it's still there. Huge now. Oh my. Really? God. It expanded like crazy. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Okay good stuff excellent good all right good um sorry vox machina yes. <laughs> good Lord. so what did you guys think of the legend of vox machina let us know in the comments um uh let us know on twitter you can find us on twitter at rum underscore regret you can find us on facebook at the rum and regret podcast um uh nate where can they find you Sure, Avid Gamer, AV1D Gamer on all the socials and your gaming platforms of choice. Uh, Joe, where can they find you? At Joe Chickadee on the socials or at JoeChickadee.com. Uh, Sarah, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Griffin Stitches on Instagram and on Etsy if you're looking for some tabletop accessories for your geeky home. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you can find me at and at Crazy Drake on Facebook, at Andrew Drake at Twitter. And until the next time, we have spoken.
Navashnavan Klumahan. <laughs> I am very flammable. <laughs> I'm daddy. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.